0: Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. I want to start by saying before I begin today's message, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, especially to my mom, the best mom in the whole wide world. Every son should say that about their moms. Amen. And I want to wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. And it is not too late to spoil your mom today. So, after church today, if you haven't gotten her anything, make sure you go to her favorite shop, whatever that may be, and buy her a gift. If you're watching this online, open another tab, amazon.com.au, and you can get your gift right there. All right. Hey, um, I, like Peter said, I acknowledge that Mother's Day can be a very difficult day for some of us. Um, some of you have lost your mother this year. Some of you are waiting to be a mom. I know what it's like, you know, to wait for a child. I've been there before. And we just want to say that we are there with you, and we want to acknowledge your pain as well. And we believe that God's grace is sufficient for every single one of you. And if you need us to walk, alongside you, like Peter said, make sure you you tell us and um, tell us how we can pray for you. And maybe today after the gathering, you can even come forward and get prayed for as well. But we love you. And like I said, we believe that God has a wonderful plan for your life. And His grace is sufficient for you. Alright, today's movie, the last installment of our series at the movies is the movie Encanto. Now before I begin, again I just want to acknowledge for those of you who are asking questions, is it even appropriate for a church to talk about movies in the church? This is sacrilege. you know, this is not good. Give us the Bible straight up, that's what I want. Well, let me tell you that Jesus told us to be salt and light into our world. We are meant to, we're not of this world, but we are meant uh, to live in this world and to impact the world for Jesus Christ. We are basically just following Jesus' example. Jesus used everyday examples to make a point and, and a beautiful point, and a lot of beautiful points, about God and His kingdom and all that. That's what we try to do. And in theology, we have this saying, all truth is God's truth. Think about that. Take that home with you. If you find truth anywhere, that truth must come from God, because God is the source of all truth. So in other words, you can find truth in other religions, for example. You can find truth through nature. David, who wrote many Psalms, says, you know, the heavens declare, the creation declares the glory of God. So all truth is God's truth. We also have this uh, uh, understanding in theology, the difference between general revelation and special revelation. General revelation is also a revelation from God that He reveals to everybody. That's why Jesus says, God gives the sun and the rain to the just and unjust alike, to those who are righteous and not righteous, because that is just the nature of God. He wants to reveal Himself to you. In other words, I say this a lot to the Christians, you need to be humble. You don't have to think that We have the corner on all the truth. There are a lot of truth to be known out there. In fact, if you are reading some books on leadership, on on psychology or whatever, there are a lot of non-Christian books that are better written than Christian books, right? Just because the authors are Christians doesn't mean they're necessarily great books, because God's general revelation can be known as you research, as you explore, as you observe. The more careful you are in your observation, the more you can extract God's truth from different sources in this world. And then we have this other revelation from God that is called special revelation, and that's, uh, that's a revelation from God that He specially revealed to us so that we can know more about His character. Jesus, for example, we believe Jesus is God's special revelation. The Bible is God's special revelation. So, both general and special revelation, they're both revelation from God. In other words, you don't have to worry about learning from movies, from books, from seminars, from workshops, because all truth is God's truth. Amen. All right. Uh, The movie for today is this amazing movie called Encanto. The movie revolves around this Colombian family who has been gifted with an Encanto, a special magical gift where every person in this family is called the Madrigal family, La Familia Madrigal in Spanish. Trying my very best Spanish accent there. So this family has been gifted with an encanto, a special magical enchantment where every person at the age of six and above, they receive this wonderful gift. One person can talk to an animal. One person has super strength. One person has super hearing. One person can heal. The other person can do different things and can shift. So uh, the movie revolves around this family. And the tension is there is one member of the family, the only one, and she is the main character. She doesn't have any special gift. And the tension in the movie is there's another gift that this family received, which is the house. It's a magical house, la casita, mi casa su casa. My house is your house, right? This la casita is a magical house uh, that provides a lot of things for the family and the community, but the la casita is breaking down. And that is the tension in the movie, and we're going to find out, I'm not going to spoil the movie too much for you, how, you know, the whole family come together to rescue the magic, or to rescue the casita. Now, there are so many important things, great things that we can learn from the movie. I want to encourage you, if you haven't seen it yet, actually, how many of you have seen the movie? Raise your hand. How many have seen the movie? Oh, but 30, 40% 30, 40% of you, uh, not as popular as Spider-Man, but I can guarantee you this is a great movie. Better than Frozen, okay? Sorry, Frozen fan out there. I reckon this is much, much better than Frozen, and uh, watch it with your children, watch it with your family, and talk about it afterwards, But because like I said, there are a lot of great lessons to be learned from this movie. But what I'm going to do over the next few minutes that I have left, uh, I'm going to go through the different characters in a movie, okay? Uh, We're going to go through six characters all in all. So I'm going to have to move really quickly. I'm going to fly through the first four characters, all right? And I'm going to spend a little bit extra time on the last two characters that are my favorite, all right? So we're going to zip through the first four. But, you know, when a preacher says he's going to zip through something, don't believe him. Usually, it takes a little bit longer time. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to zip through the first four characters, and then we're going to concentrate on the last two very quickly, and then we call it a day, and you can enjoy the rest of Mother's Day with your family, all right? So, let's look at the first character. She's one of my favorites. She's the OG Madrigal. She is Alma Abuela Madrigal. Abuela means grandmother. So, she's the matriarch of the family. She is the OG madrigal who has been given with this miracle candle and this magical castle that they live in called the casita, the magical house, yeah? And because of the candle, every member of the family at the age of six, like I said before, will receive this special magic power. Now, um, I love her because she is such a strong character. Okay. She not, it seems like nothing can, can, can hurt her. She loves her family very much. She loves her community. And she feels like it is her responsibility to steward the magic, to take care of the magic for the, for the sake of her family and also the community. But a lot of people see her as the, the villain in the, in, the, in the movie because she is so strong in her character. But you have to forgive her. You have to understand her background. She lost her husband when she was only a young wife. And she had to fend off not only for herself, but she has to take care of three triplets. You know, her husband died in the Civil War, and as they ran away, they received this magical gift. And, and and she has a strong sense of responsibility, not only for her family, but also for her community. And then in her effort, you know, to try to lead them well, uh, she can be a little bit strict, and sometimes she can be, you know, a little bit um, legalistic, you can say, because of that sense of responsibility, because of the pain that she's been through in the past that, that she... Un- Unknowingly may have inflicted on other people as well, especially people that she loves. So I guess the lesson here is very simple. You know, we all need to be careful not to let our pain to cause hurt for other people. Hurt people, hurt people. We have to be careful not to let our leadership require, you know, leadership responsibility uh, to hurt other people the people that we lead. We all need to be careful not to let our parental responsibility to hurt our children in the process. We have to be careful not to let the end goal to justify the means, right? I know a lot of us mean well. You know, None of us, I believe, uh, on purpose want to hurt other people. But you know what we do a lot of times? unknowingly, because of our previous pain, because of our previous experience, because of our previous hurt, we unknowingly inflict that on other people. So can I encourage you, those of you who are parents, those of you who are mothers, fathers, maybe to just take a step back and look at how you deal with people, and be honest, maybe ask for them, uh, ask for the people that you love, for their opinion, like how you have treated them, And, and if necessary, This is the character uh, of Alma that I love about her. At the end of the movie, she realised her mistake, and she actually apologised to her own granddaughter, For all the mistakes that she's done, all the pain that she has inflicted on her unknowingly. And that to me is another reason why I love this character so much. And and that's an encouragement for me, for those of us who are older, you know, we're not always right, you know, we're not always, uh, we don't always get it all together. And we do make a lot of mistakes. So it is actually good and healthy for us to be able to acknowledge our mistakes and to say sorry even to the younger ones, you know, even to the people that we lead. If you're a boss, if you're a mother, father, if you are a pastor, you know, it is actually healthy and necessary for you to acknowledge your mistake if you have made them and then tell them, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that. I will do better, all right? So that's the first character, Alma Abuela Madrigal. Let's move on to the next character, Julieta Madrigal. Now, again, I like this character so much. She has been gifted with the power to actually cook food that can heal people. I reckon my mom is Julieta Madrigal in disguise. Yeah? Every single time I'm sick, she never asks the question, hey, have you taken any medicine? She never asks that question. Every time I'm sick, she asks, what do you want me to cook for you? Because she believes her food has magical power, right? She believes, I can cook you porridge. I can cook you soup. You need to eat soup. Right? And not only is Julieta Madrigal has this power to heal through her cooking, she is also very nurturing and very caring to everyone, even the imperfect people around her. She has a husband who's clumsy and accident-prone, and she also heals him. You know, She has a daughter who's different from everybody else, and she loves her with no uh, condition, and she doesn't choose who she heals. She just heals everybody. That's just her character. You know, she's so generous, like my mom. My mom is also like that. Every time we have a small group at our house, for example, you know, uh, she doesn't mind helping me with some food and cooking, but you got to, you know, tell her uh, like 500% lower than the amount of food that you need, right? If I tell her, mom, uh, there'll be 10 people coming for a small group, she's going to prepare food for 50 people. So if you have 10 people coming to your house, you have to tell her two, two, mom, just two. (laughs) Then she'll make food for 20, all right? She's just that generous. And that's Julieta Mardi Gras. Uh, She is generous. And the lesson that we can learn from her is very simple also, that we need to learn, all of us, to choose to love without judgment. I reckon that's how she's able to love people that well, you know? Uh, It's actually very easy to say, very difficult to do, right? especially when we live with people who are close to us. It's easy to love other people from afar, but the question that I'm asking myself, and I'm asking you this morning as well, are you able to love people who are closest to you without judgment? Because you know all their failures, yeah? You know their weaknesses. You know their hypocrisy. Are you able to love your husband, your wife, with all their weaknesses, your children, you know? Why is it that we are able to talk so nicely to people who are so far from us, people in the office, people at church, but we are so nasty to our own parents? I know some parents who come to me and ask me, can you please talk to my son? Can you please talk to my daughter? Because he's so nice at church. I've seen her, how she talks to other people in the school at school or in the workplace, but at home, she's very rude to us, He's very nasty to us, you know? It's easy for, her, for us to be judgmental toward people who are closest to us, and, and in the process, it's, we find it difficult to love them. Do you know why we hurt people who are closest to us? Do you know? Why do you hurt people who are closest to you? Because they are closest to you, right? the easiest, the easy target for your nastiness, for for your uh, uh, inability to accept them and to treat them the way they need to be treated. So again, let us all learn from Julieta Madrigal how we can learn to love without judgment, you know. uh, Assume the best about other people. Sometimes when my wife you know, eat something, whether it's a a toast or instant noodle or something, and then I would look at her food and I'd say, hey babe, can I have some? And she said, no, you get your own, right? I said, that's nasty, you know? I thought you loved me. I can't even have a spoonful of your noodle or a bite of your sandwich, and uh, she hates it when I ask for her food, and I thought like, man, she must not love me very much, you know, uh, it's quick f- for me to be judgmental toward her then, until I realized, actually, no, she loves me very much, you know, if I ask her to make some, she will probably make some for me, it's just that she finds it annoying for me to ask for her food all the time, right, and uh, when we go to a restaurant, like, you know, what do you want to order? No, nah, I don't want anything, uh, I just have coffee. And then her food come, can I have some? No, you order your own, all right? So no, it's easy for us to be judgmental, but you know, we have to assume the best. They love us, you know, they're not perfect, but the people that we love, they love us, and we need to be able to learn to love them without judgment. All right, that's Julieta Madrigal. And the next character that we're gonna be looking at is Peppa Madrigal. Now she can control the weather through her emotions. So if she's happy, you know, there will be sunshine. If she's sad and depressed, there will be thunderstorm and rain. Uh, So I don't know if I want this special ability, especially she can't really hide her true emotions. You can actually literally see if she has a cloud hanging over her head or not, you see. I don't know if I want people to be able to see my inner emotion as clearly as that. Right? She has no choice in the matter, which brings me to uh, the lesson that I think we all can learn from her, is that it takes a lot of courage actually to be vulnerable. Yeah? A lot of us prefer to hide our emotions. A lot of us prefer to hide beside, behind a facade and then you know, present ourselves as something that we're, we're really not. But for her, there's no choice. So I reckon there's an important lesson to be learned here. If we can just learn to be vulnerable, you know, it's not as bad as you think. In fact, it is actually, again, quite healthy for us to learn to be vulnerable. Obviously, you don't become vulnerable to everybody, right? You need to be able to choose your circle really, really well. And I want to give you a few tips because I find this really helpful for me personally, all right? I find it difficult at the beginning of my Christian journey especially, to be vulnerable, especially after I became a pastor. I thought I need to show strength. I thought I need to show this, you know, um, this character that people want to follow, uh, and I realized that that's not what I'm called to do. It's really tough to be able to do that all the time, right? So here are some tips for you that I hope will work for you. It has worked for me really, really well. Number one, you need to learn to be honest to yourself about what you're really, really feeling, all right, about how you're really, really doing. Ask yourself, how am I doing, really? How am I doing, really, okay? Don't give the pep answer, or oh, because I'm a mom, I have to be strong, or because I'm a manager at store, they counting on me, I need to do this, you know? So, yeah, but ask yourself a real honest question, how am I doing, really? And then, Uh, Tell those who are close to you, those in your inner circle, how you really feel. I hope you have at least one person that you can share your vulnerability with, all right? Everybody needs that at least one person that you can share your vulnerability with. And if necessary, um, it is actually important for you to ask for help even professional help. I mean, tell you this morning, it is not a sign of weakness when you ask for help. It is actually a sign of strength. That means you recognize yourself. That means you recognize your own limitation. That means you recognize, you know, what you're going through and you are strong enough to acknowledge that I need help. All right? So again essentially for men, remove it from your mind that asking for help is a sign of weakness. No, it is a sign of strength. So if necessary, make sure you do that. I've asked for help before. I've seeked professional counselling before, and it has helped me tremendously. I reckon it can help you as well if that's what you need. All right? Character number four, Isabella Madrigal. She is the perfect one in the family. Beautiful looking, smells nice, and all of that, right? And she has this magical power to be able to create these beautiful flowers, you know, at will, which is amazing. But she's not as perfect as a lot of people think she is. So at one point in the story where she's being proposed by the town's suitor, a proof by Alma, okay. That's where she actually finally put down her facade and acknowledges that, hey, I'm not as perfect. I'm, you know, I'm doing this not for myself. So she says that I don't want to marry this person. And when she does that, she finds that she can, she actually has another special superpower. She can actually create more than just flowers. So the moment she recognizes that no, I don't need to be this perfect person all the time, that's when she can actually do more. So again, the lesson in life is there's this huge temptation for us to give this perfect vibes to the people around us, especially now that we live in the age of social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, we put the best picture that we have You know, this food that we eat, you know, we don't eat it every day, you know, but we make it seem like we always go out to eat, we always go on holidays, you know, we always have this perfect smile, perfect hair, perfect everything. We throw away all the blurry photos, obviously, not asking you to put your blurry photos on social media, nobody wants to see that. But you know what I'm talking about? There's this huge temptation to be, to always be seen, to want to be seen to be perfect all the time. I know a lot of you, you're not living your best life because of this mistaken you know, notion of wanting to be perfect all the time. I know some people, some Christians here, you know, they want to open their homes for small group, for example. But they, oh, my house is so messy. I don't want people to see my house like this. Oh, man, I will be just coming home from work. I don't want people to see me like this with messy hair you know, and all that. And as a result, you know, because they can't be perfect, they won't do anything. You see, that's, <laughs> no, don't do that. I believe this perfection myth, is a, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's a myth. Nobody can be perfect. That's why I love our slogan in this church, no perfect people allowed, right? Nobody can be that perfect all the time. And you don't need to be. That's the grace of God for us. You don't need to be that perfect person all the time. All right, so again, so many lessons we can learn from her, but I want to move on to the last two characters, absolutely my favorite. This is the main character, Mirabel Madrigal. She is the only Madrigal without the so-called special gift. She is viewed as uh, unspecial by a lot of people, even kids at the beginning of the movie ask her like, what's your special gift? When are you going to get your gift? right and for the most part it seems like she's fine with it but in the song that she she sings at the beginning of the movie this is the part of the lyrics of the song it says this uh, i'm ready come on i'm ready i've been patient and steadfast and steady bless me now as you bless us all those years ago so deep down inside she's still longing and wishing to receive that special gift that everybody else has received, except for her. Can you identify with her? I can identify with her. Uh, I wish I have You know, the ability to to speak like Tim Healy. You know, I wish I have this this, this strong character as a leader that that I can be proud of. You know, I I wish I have this, this, whatever it is that may be for you, right? Maybe you're wishing for a bigger house, a better car, uh, a better talent, or a better job, or, you know, a better spouse, whatever that may be. But a lot of you are wishing for a quote-unquote miracle, for magic... And in the process, in the process, unfortunately, this is true for me, unfortunately, how often are you actually waiting on a miracle and in the process actually miss out on God's many miracles that are all around you? All of you, a lot of you know my story, you know, Fule and I, we were 10 years barren we were expecting, hoping for a miracle child for 10 years, and then you know, in the process, we think like, that's, that's, that's the focus, and then we don't realize, man, every single day, there's so many miracles all around us. Uh, sometimes I even get into a fight with my wife, not realizing that she is a miracle for me, right? I mean, look at me, and look at her like a miracle, right? The Bible says so. She, he who finds a good wife finds something good. And, and we don't realize that, that we had a good church. We don't realize that we have so many wonderful friends all around us. You know, we had a great job. Like a lot of miracles all around us. Saint Ignatius says that you can find God everywhere. He's always at work all around us. But we often miss it looking for that one miracle, looking for that one gift, right? Or let me ask the question another way. How frequently do you think of the mundane things in life as miraculous as well, right? A lot of the mundane, like even breathing is a miracle. Have you thought about that? You know, even having a hot shower, that's amazing if you think about it. You know, A lot of good things in life that God has gifted us, we take for granted simply because we are hoping for that one particular miracle. We're waiting for that one special thing, and then we miss out on all the other great things in life. But at the end of the movie, actually, um, Mirabelle realized that the true magic gift is not so much your ability to talk to animals. The true magic gift is not having special strength or special hearing or being able to create flowers at will, the true magical gift is when she realized that the family are always there for one another. The whole community, they actually show love and care for one another. At the end of the movie, as the casita is breaking down, you know, The whole village comes together. You know, this is the village that Alma was leading, thinking like, oh, I have to be strong, I have to be strong for them. Actually, people are strong for her. So the love that they show to one another, that's better than any gift that they could ever receive. And this echoes what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we call it the love passage. It's often read at weddings, but it's actually not a wedding passage. Listen to what Paul says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. For those of you longing for a spiritual gift. Like, oh, I wish I can do this. I wish I can do that. You know, and you feel like you're less of a family of God because you don't have that special gift. Well, I'm going to tell you that that's not true at all. You know, you can have the best gift in a whole wide world, but if you don't have love, you got nothing, right? And in verse 13, Paul says, at the end, there are three things remain that will remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is not faith, not hope, but love. Love is the greatest thing, and that's the gift that we can as followers of Jesus Christ because we have received that gift of love from God. That's the gift that we can, you know, extend to other people. That's what we want to be known for, right? Not for our gifting, not for our special abilities, but we want to be known as the community that loves unconditionally that is the best gift of all and that's to me is the most magical gift and that's what we need to look forward to having and giving all the time all right so that's um, uh, the fifth character and then finally this is the character that I identify with the most Luisa Madrigal she is gifted with this special strength she can literally lift heavy stuff and the town People always look to her to help them move house, <laughs> lift heavy things, and so on. While well, she actually never complains about her responsibilities. But deep down inside, she is actually carrying very, very heavy emotional uh, burden. And I want to show you this wonderful song, the best song in the movie. And I want you to pay attention to the lyrics of the song, how she has this inner struggle being the strongest person in the village, but, you know, that's actually um, yeah, takes a heavy toll on her, all right? Pay attention to the lyrics. I'm going to come back and close our time together. Why would anything be wrong? I'm totally fine. Magic's fine. Louisa's fine. I'm totally not nervous. Your eyes doing the thing. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Okay. I move mountains, I move churches And I glow cause I know what my worth is Of course, I mean... Hey, where are you going? I don't ask how hard the work is Got a rough, indestructible surface Diamonds and platinum, I find them in platinum I take what I'm handed, I break what's demanded But under the surface I feel the as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus Under the surface is Hercules ever like you I service the service I'm pretty sure I'm worthless If I can be of service A blow or crack The straw in the stack That breaks the camel's break, back What breaks the camel's back It's pressure like a drip, drip, drip Pressure like a drip, drip, drip And it won't let go Whoa Pressure like a tick, tick, tick Till it's ready to Gonna hurt us under the surface. The ship doesn't swerve as it hurt. How big the iceberg is under the surface. But think about my purpose. Can I still preserve this? Right up the dominoes the light wind blows. You try to stop it, top a but i am wait. If I could shake a crushing weight of expectations would that free some room up for No pressure. I think you're carrying way too much. Maybe I overdo it. Yep. Yeah. I reckon next time we can just watch the whole movie. When we do it at the movie series, just watch the whole movie. Uh, I don't know if you pay attention to the lyrics of that song, but there's one part of the lyrics that says, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, can we, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Confession time, pastor's confession time. I feel that a lot. Um, Maybe some of you feel that too, that your whole identity is wrapped around what you do. You feel less of a person when you fail, as if that identifies who you are. You feel like a failure as a mom. You feel like a failure as a dad. You feel like a failure for not meeting people's expectation. You feel worthless. And um, I think the lesson is very clear and very simple for all of us. That's not who we are. I want to show you one last verse. This happened at the baptism of Jesus uh, when the Heavenly Father, with a voice from heaven, spoke about His Son, Jesus Christ. He said, this is my Son whom I love. With Him, I am well pleased. This is what God says about Jesus before He did a single miracle. Before He went to the cross, before He did anything for people or for God, His Heavenly Father already said about Him, this is my Son whom I love. With Him, not with His work, not with His ministry, not with His responsibility, not with His achievements. in Him, with Him, I am pleased. Let me tell you this morning the good news. That's what God is saying about you. God is not looking at your achievement. God is not looking at your perfection or your accomplishment. God says, with you, yes, you, Peter, I'm well pleased. With you, Hulda, Jeff, I'm well pleased. So, I think we have to remove this idea of being strong, being perfect, you know, we are more than just our gifting. We are more than just our, our work, right? Let me leave you with one last quote from my, one of my favorite authors, Brendan Manning. He says, define yourself as one radically loved by God. This is your true self. Every other identity is an illusion. How about that? At least every other identity is temporary. When we finally spend eternity with God, we'll no longer be a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or a worker or a pastor or or a factory owner or whatever. We will just be God's son. We will just be God's daughter. That's our identity at the very core. This is our true self. Every other identity is an illusion. It's temporary. So that's the good news for us today. doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. doesn't matter if you're not a a follower of Jesus Christ or not. I want to tell you this morning that you are radically loved by God. And if you need proof how much you are loved, just look at the cross 2,000 years ago. He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to die for you so that our broken relationship with Him can be reconciled back again, so that we can spend eternity with Him. That's the good news that we can take home with us forever. Put it in your pocket. No one can take that away from you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.